Hi, you're listening to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church in Ogden, Utah. My name is John Draskovic. I'm the pastor here. And what you'll hear is the message, the sermon from the week's worship before. And uh, you can always check out the full service that has the music and our prayers and liturgy on our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube, you can just search First Presbyterian Church Ogden and you can find us there. We've got all our services recorded, including the, the most recent um, live stream of our, of our service. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you find it to be a blessing. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he is risen. He is risen indeed. A happy, blessed Easter to you all uh, this fine day. I hope that you enjoy this, uh, this Easter Sunday's message. It is Go Figure on the topic of the resurrection. And in particular, we're going to be talking about the, uh, the idea of new creation. This, particularly in John's gospel, uh, although all the gospels really point this way, but how the resurrection is the inauguration and the, almost the proof of new creation on the first day of the week, something new has happened and broken in. And so that's what we're really going to be spending our time with and what our role is within new creation, what it is that we're called to be and to do as part of God's new creation people. So blessings to you. I hope that uh, this brings you great joy and encouragement on this Easter day. Blessings. When we gather together to hear God's word proclaimed and to hear the scriptures read, we always ask God's presence to guide us, to lead us. And so now I would like to pray for God's spirit to be here. So join me in prayer. Almighty God, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you broke the power of death and opened the way to eternal life. As the empty tomb stands witness to Jesus' triumph over death, make your church to be a bold testimony to his enduring victory in life. That we may all go to proclaim to the world, he is risen indeed by the power of your spirit. Lord, roll away the stones within our hearts and reveal to us your word of life this day. Amen. The English poet Gerard Manley Hopkins once wrote, I greet Jesus the days that I meet him and I bless the days I understand. Resurrection Sunday, Easter, is the day when we seek to greet and meet Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, and we pray that we would come to some understanding, to some understanding of that which is beyond our ability to comprehend. And what I'd like to do today on this Easter Sunday is talk about, go figure, the resurrection and what difference it makes in our life today. But first, I want to ground ourselves in this resurrection gospel story. And this year's lectionary text comes from Matthew. And so we're going to talk about Matthew, and then we're going to talk a little bit about John. So this this story of the resurrection comes from the very last chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 28. And it starts off, we heard the first 10 verses kind of put on display, acted out for us by the young people here. 
And it starts with a really important line. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus in on this. And so I want you to pay attention to it. I want you to listen. I want you to hold on to it in your mind. After the Sabbath, as the first light of the new week dawned, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to the tomb. Okay, so I want you to hold on to that. The first light of the new week dawned. And as we saw the kids act out for us, Matthew goes on to tell about an earthquake that took place. A visible, physical sign that something big was happening. And a blinding angel comes down and rolls the stone that sealed the tomb away and sits on it like it's a piece of playground equipment. And there are some petrified, petrified Roman guards. We had some good ones up here. They were frozen with fear. And the angel announces Jesus isn't in the tomb anymore. And the two Marys are directed to go and tell the disciples. And as they're on their way, they actually meet the risen Lord on the way. And now there's the rest of the chapter as well. Right? The Marys, we saw them, they hit the road. They're out of there. Well, the guards, they're still hanging around. And they kind of, okay, what are we going to do? And so they go to the temple. And they tell the chief priests what happened. And what happens, as Matthew tells the story, is they get paid a little hush money to keep this just to themselves, which is kind of ironic considering the week we've had in the news. And then at some, un- oh, you got it, yeah. Um, and then at some unspecified point in the future, in Matthew, the other gospels say it's about 50 days around Pentecost, Jesus meets his disciples on a mountain in Galilee, and he gives him the great, or the disciples the great commission. He says, all authority, not some, not most, all authority on heaven and earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, surely I will be with you to the end of the age. That's the end, the climax, the finality, the crescendo of Matthew's gospel. And now we've laid that out. I want to get back to that first line that we talked about. The two Marys come to the tomb at first light of the new week as it was dawning. And Matthew is making the point here. He is pointing to the inauguration of something new, of a new creation. And since we as a congregation are going through the gospel of John this year, and John makes a really, really strong case all the way throughout his gospel for this idea of new creation, Jesus inaugurating new creation, I thought we'd point to his version as well. And John starts his gospel out like, it's like one of the most famous lines in all of the gospel. In chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word, right? In the beginning. Well, this takes some real chutzpah to start your gospel out that way. Because you know another line that starts in the beginning, right? In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. And so John is absolutely intending that when we hear in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, we'd be saying, oh, I know this line in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, this is a new Genesis that we're about to read. This is a new creation story. 
And then throughout John's gospel, he shows us these signs. There are actually seven of them to be exact. Signs of what new creation looks like. Signs like turning water into wine. Signs like healing people. Like creating abundance of bread. Feeding people who are hungry. Raising people up from the dead. And so we see John putting on display a new genesis. Right there from chapter 1. Verse 1, in the beginning. And he walks us all the way through his gospel, what a new creation actually looks like. And then, here's where it gets really good. At the climax of John's gospel, we can see the new creation flag being waved again. There's the trial and the crucifixion. That's what we heard on Good Friday. And then today, the resurrection. And in order to see this, in order for you to really get the full impact, I just want to remind you of something. This is something you probably learned in like first grade, but maybe forgot. You know, there's a lot of things that we learned in first grade that we've forgotten about. Uh, The week actually begins on Sunday. And it actually ends on Saturday. That's why we call it the week ends. Right? They bookend our work week. And like all good authors, John, when he includes details, he does them on purpose. It is not an accident. When he says that Jesus was tried, crucified, and buried on Friday, he wants us to pick up on this. Friday now is the sixth day of the week, right? If it starts on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You guys are good. Well, if John's gospel is ringing bells of new creation, what's the connection here? What happens on the sixth day of creation in that Genesis 1 creation poem? God creates human beings. God says, I'm going to make them in my image. Male and female, I'll make them. Here they are. You are going to reflect who I am. That all happens on the sixth day. Of the week. And in John's gospel, on the sixth day of the week, that Friday that we call good, and I was just talking to my kids about why do we call it good when it's the day, right? Yeah, yeah, when it's the day that Jesus was crucified and buried. Jesus is put on trial before Pilate, and Pilate brings him out after he's been flogged, and he's bloody, and he's beaten, and Pilate tells the crowd, Behold, The man. Let that sink in for a second. On the sixth day. John is trusting that we're going to be able to pick up what he's putting down on this allusion to new creation in the sixth day. Right? He's connecting what we call Good Friday, that sixth day, with I'm going to make them in my image, the first sixth day. And if we do that, we're saying, oh, yes. This is the man, the authentically, truly human being. This is what he looks like, the one wearing purple and a crown. But there's more. In John's gospel, the the final words that Jesus says on the cross is, it is finished. You could translate that, it is complete. Just as God also On that first Friday, when he finished creation, that's what he said. It's finished. It's complete. 
And then what does God do on the seventh day? Rests. That's what we just lived through yesterday, Saturday. The day when Jesus rests in the tomb. Right? New creation all over the place. And now that we've gone through all of those connections that John is making and Matthew is making between Genesis and the creation story and Jesus and new creation breaking into the world, we can get back to that first line. Very early on the first day of the week, John says, and then 19 verses later, at the evening of the first day of the week, right? Sunday, remember, is the first day of the week. Again, John is pointing out two times that this happens on the first day of the week. He's saying this is the beginning of something new. Something brand new has started. Our baptismal fonts traditionally have been eight-sided because we talk about the eighth day of creation. The first day of the new week is when something new happened. And so, okay, this is really interesting, and there's all these parallels, and there's this kind of literary, but what the heck does that mean, John? What does that mean for us? What are we supposed to do about it? Well, first, I give you the answer that the angel gave the two Marys that were here. Go and tell about it. New creation. The world is being recreated. And then on the evening of that first day of the new week, Jesus comes and he visits his disciples and he declares to them peace, shalom, fullness, restoration, fulfillment, wholeness, peace be with you. And so somehow this new creation that we're told to go out and tell the world about is a creation of peace, of wholeness, of fullness. And then Jesus breathes his spirit on them. He breathed the spirit of life on them, just like God breathed the spirit of life into Adam in the beginning. Bringing new creation, new life into being. And he says, as the father sent me, so now I send you. So what does it look like to be a people that Jesus has sent out into the world. Well, it's a big task. Honestly, it's really too big for any of us. And that's why whenever this task is given, go out, Jesus gives us the spirit to do it. Because he knows we can't do it on our own. And I think this is why we're given a church, because we can't do these things by ourselves. We need each other. You see, Jesus' mission, what he was about, it's called the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not just about sending people to heaven so that they can have warm fuzzies with Jesus on a cloud for eternity. That's not what the kingdom of God is about. No, the kingdom of God, the mission, is about setting the the world right. Anybody can use a little bit of that, setting the world right, undoing the injustices, reversing the oppressions, taking away the pain, the hurt, the brokenness. It's about claiming this world as the sphere of Jesus' lordship and the sovereignty of God. The kingdom of God is when we see Jesus healing, casting out demons, multiplying loaves, bringing people back to life, restoring people to the community, walking on water and calming storms. 
when he's doing these things, he's not just showing us that he's God. Those miracles are a filtered down, uh, a focused, a punctiliar view of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. It's like if you take a magnifying glass and focus the sun to that one point and it gets white hot, right? Jesus is that white hot kingdom of God focused point. This is what it looks like when God's in charge, doing the things that he did. So on this Easter, I'm going to ask us, what does it look like if God was in charge? What would it look like if he was running the show? What would it look like if God was running our church? What would it look like if God was running Ogden? The council meetings would be a lot more exciting. What would it look like if God was in charge of the state house down in Salt Lake? What would it look like if God was in charge of this country, of every country, of the world, of our lives? Huh? What would that look like? Jesus showed us what it's like when God is in charge, running the show. And you can't reduce that message to just being saved and going to heaven. And like, yeah, that matters. And I do hope that everybody, I hope my kids and my family and my friends and all of you would come to know who Jesus is and give your life over to him. Because that means that there's just more people who are doing the, here's what it looks like when God's in charge work. And we need more people doing the, here's what it looks like when God's in charge work in the world. But that's not the end of the story. That's only step one. Step two is that we would all know that God is calling us in Christ to be agents of God's kingdom so that we would be new creation people. It's not just about being saved and going to heaven. It's about living new creation lives. And so let me conclude by bringing us back to Matthew's gospel. At the end, he says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. This means that Jesus, our profession, is that he is the rightful ruler of Ogden, of Weber County, of Utah, of the United States, of the world, and of each of our lives. It means those of us who profess Jesus is Lord get to participate in the making right of the world. You get to be an emissary of that setting right work in the world. And is going to look different for each one of you. So what does it look like to be a new creation carpenter? A new creation plumber? A new creation accountant? A new creation teacher? A new creation therapist? A new creation architect? What does it look like to be a new creation lawyer, janitor, commercial fisherman? A new creation engineer? A new creation mother or father? A new creation partner? a new creation neighbor, a new creation citizen of the kingdom of God. And so friends, that's why we make a big deal out of Easter. Because new creation's been launched. That's why we throw a big party to celebrate it. Don't ask me why we color eggs. I can't answer that one for you. But that's why we gather here. Whether you knew it or not, that's why you're here. Because we profess the world is broken, but new creation is breaking in. 
And because of that, new morning has come. Praise be to God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word, the living word, the one that came to dwell among us, to tabernacle with us, to make your tent here with us in Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, for the witness of his life, the way that he showed what new creation can look like. We thank you, Lord, for the way that he gave himself up for us, again, showing us your character, your kingdom, your love, and calling us to be people of that new creation as well. Lord, mostly we thank you for the resurrection that Jesus has now given all authority and all power over heaven and earth, and that we get to be his ambassadors, his emissaries out to the world. Lord, give us strength. Give us power. Bring good people alongside of us so that we can walk this journey together, that we can be your new creation people. And Lord, where our strength fails, may your strength carry us in this. We pray it all in the name of the word that became flesh, the living word, which continues to bring new life wherever it dwells. Jesus the Christ. All God's children said together. Amen. Well, thank you for spending this Easter Sunday time with us. And I want to remind you that we are um, here on uh, at 10 a.m. on uh, the corner of Quincy and Gramercy and 28th Street. You can come and join us. I encourage you. If you're in the area, please do. We'd love to get to know you, uh, have you come get to know the congregation. Uh, there is no substitute for being part of a community of faith in its kind of living flesh in the body. And so um, really I do encourage you, if you've been following us through the podcast and you're in the Ogden area, come join us. And if you're not and you want to kind of participate in the bigger worship experience, the liturgy, the music, you can go to our YouTube channel. And of course, if, you, if you'd if like to support the ministry of the church here, which uh, is how we make uh, this ministry happen, is through the generous giving of our members and our friends, you can go ahead to our website and www.fpcogden.org. That's FPC is in First Presbyterian Church, Ogden.org, and you can give through that avenue. Um, and we thank you for all of you who do. Now, blessings to you as you carry this Easter message out into the week. Uh, remember that you are new creation people, given the gift of being part of the kingdom of God, being an emissary and an ambassador of Jesus wherever you go. May you be blessed on this Easter day.